This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Raider Nation, it is time for another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast where we talk nothing but Las Vegas Raiders football. And what a good week to talk Raiders football. Of course, the Raiders coming off a 38-20 win over the Houston Texans in the friendly confines of Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And to talk about it with you today... My partner, Mo Moten, he is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist up on SportsNot.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten. That's Mo with an E. And you can follow me at LV Gully. Mo, all right, buddy. Uh, we had a great time on the postgame show for once because it was a win. Uh, people were in a good mood. Uh, we did get some comments on Monday saying that we were not being positive enough you just can't win sometimes. But nonetheless, um, this team does, did, excuse me, what we thought it had to do, and that was go out and prove that they can turn this thing around. They've taken a baby step towards that. They came out and they were flat in the first half. Second half, they pull it together. They get uh, the offense rolling. Josh Jacobs is an animal. He is on fire. But I want to get from you off the top, watching the game as you did after the fact, because you're covering the entire NFL on Sunday. Tell me what you saw. What did the Raiders do well? And what was the key in your mind, outside of Josh Jacobs, we know, uh, for this game to really uh, go the way it did late as it did? One thing I will say is that I want to shout out one person, and that's Cleveland Farrell. I think he had his best game of the season on Sunday. Now, I know everyone's going to talk about the half sack he had, and that's that's great. But if you just look at, rewatch the game, and you'll see Farrell, he has his nose in a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. And I wrote an article, I wrote a column on Sports Not last week, and I said, I want to see more Cleveland Farrell, whether they're going to trade him or not. I want to see more Farrell because he could get a push on the inside. And you saw a lot of that. He was inside of Max Crosby when he got the half sack. On some snaps, he was inside of Chandler Jones. So I think, I think Farrell is starting to find his way in that defense and I would like to see his role continue to increase. The other thing is, aside from Jacobs, is that the Raiders didn't make any stupid penalties late in the yes. game. That yes. belonged to the, that belonged to the Texans. The Texans made a couple of bonehead, at least a false start and offsides that helped swing the momentum in the Raiders' direction, and they were able to capitalize on those mistakes. Yeah, and Mo, no turnovers, right? So, so there were no turnovers in the game, and so you like to see a team that has struggled with. Not only the boneheaded plays, the pre-snap penalties, the costly penalties at costly times, but then they also protected the ball. There was no turnovers from the quarterback. There was no turnovers running the ball, uh, and and that that really keyed in. Now, I was concerned. I was concerned to start this game the first half 
They just didn't look put together, especially on offense. They had the first drive, which obviously was nice, culminated in the Matt Collins touchdown. But then after that, they just could not get things going, and they seemed out of sync once again. Second half, different story. What did you see offensively? Obviously, Josh Jacobs is the common denominator here as he continues to run the ball, and we're going to talk all about Josh Jacobs in the second segment of today's show. But, Mo, looking at that offense and what they were able to do and the looks and the play calling you saw from Josh McDaniels, what was the difference between halves number one and half number two? Well, it was Josh Jacobs because once you get the run game going, you get the linebackers, the opposing team's linebackers to commit. You can run more play play action. And a lot of people say you don't need an effective run game to run uh, effective play action, but you need the threat of the run. And Josh Jacobs, obviously, I believe over 143 yards in three consecutive games, he is a threat to run the ball down your throat. So you can use play action with that. And I, what I was thinking about while we rewatching the game is it reminded me of Bill Musgrave's offense. Derek Carr, not necessarily a central figure in offense where he's thrown for 350 yards, but you get the run game going, you get play action involved. Derek Carr makes some plays, even makes some plays with his legs in this case, which is a little different from the Musgrave era, but made plays with his legs on Sunday. And all of that together, I think, got the Raiders' offense going in the second half. You have Jacobs running the ball well. You have Carr extending plays, off-platform plays, and making completions, guys catching the football, not dropping the football, not leaving the football on the rug. That matters. And when you have, again, when you have all of that together culminating, your offense starts clicking, and that's why you saw what you saw on Sunday. Right, and all this without one of their key weapons again, Darren Waller. So you have to credit this team for picking up the slack. And that's what you have to do. It's always always that next man up mentality we hear from NFL teams, and certainly the Raiders did that. Uh, and, Mo, the one thing I want to talk about, too, is is the offensive line. So we, we've talked about you and I are not fans of the eight-man rotating offensive line, but something starting to click between the Chiefs game. Yes, I know it was a loss, but that offensive line started to really pull together. Then you saw this game where they faced a pretty good uh, defensive front and overall defense with the Houston Texans. They struggled to start the game off. Uh, There's a lot of pressure brought. Malik Collins, of course, former uh, Raider in the middle there. They were starting to do that, and then they came out in the second half. We saw adjustments on that line. We saw uh, even Lester Cotton get some time in there. Mo, it sounds and looks to me like this line with that rotation – as crazy as I still think it sounds, is starting to gel more and more and not always the same guys, but but there's certainly some common denominators there. I will say this, that Raiders offensive line, I don't want to say overachieving because maybe it's just a product of the coaching staff coaching those guys up. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's starting to come together. It's not starting to. It has come together has to, yeah. as a run blocking unit because Josh Jacobs even said, and I mentioned it last week, that the line is blocking pretty well for him. Now, they still give up sacks here and there. I believe Colt Miller gave up a sack. Alex Barris, who I hate to beat a dead horse with, gave up three pressures. <laughs> but um, as far as run blocking is concerned, this line is playing very well. And that unit has gelled together in that in that sense. What I will make a note of is also in the Sports Not, Sports Not article that I put out last week, I said, I think Thayer, you're going to see Thayer Mumford play most of the snaps at right yeah. tackle. Now, I said he would, he would start and finish at the position. But after the first quarter, you didn't see Jermaine Illuminar. After after the first quarter, Thayer Mumford finished that game at right tackle. So I think that's telling you, that's indicating that he's going to be the guy from start to finish eventually. 
Yeah, and Illumin I, I agree with that 100%. Illuminor did get banged up too early in the game. Yep. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but yep. certainly Mumford has gone in there and played exceptionally well. Uh, you talked about Alex Bars. I jokingly sent you, I think, the link to the press conference last week when Josh McDaniels praised Alex Bars and said, hey, Mo, what's going on here? Are, are you wrong? What's the deal? Uh, but non nonetheless, you look again, Dylan Parham still continues to play great on the left side next to Colton Miller. That side of the line seems to be uh, a force, you know, with a young guy in there. And then, uh, of course, in the middle with uh, Andre Miller in, in, in the middle at the center position continues to perform as well. And, and I do agree, Mo, you said maybe overachieving or reaching. I think they are overachieving for where they are at, especially with some young players and some journeymen that are in there. They're more rotational guys, but that's OK. You need them to do that and to peak now as they head into the, the second uh, uh, third of the season here. Uh, at, with the schedule. And so so that has to be great. The run blocking, absolutely. Uh, and that brings up, of course, everybody's favorite conversation, Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a good game, okay? He had a great game from the perspective of he continued to do it. We talked about it on the post-game show Sunday, Mo, that Derek Carr has much been much more of a game manager. That's not a slight. That's not a negative. When you're running the ball like Josh Jacobs is running the ball, you don't have to sling it for 500 yards and five touchdowns. Derek Carr seems to now be settling into that. Uh, the last two games, I thought he's looked much better in that role. He hits the receiver down the field when he needs to, uh, but he's also, I think, leading that unit and clearly having an impact on the offensive line. Yeah, when you say game manager, game manager has a negative connotation to it. It means that the quarterback isn't all that important. Uh, I think that Derek Carr made the plays that he needed to make for that Raiders offense to move the ball, especially in the second half. As you said, it was sluggish in the first half. Texans weren't allowing anything over the top. They 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 wanted to make sure they weren't going to give up the big play. And Derek Carr said, okay, I'm going to pick on the middle of the field. And he did that. There was one play I really liked where he stepped up into the pocket, threw it to Foster Moreau right down the shoot, right down the middle as the linebacker came up. That's what you see when you see recognition. A lot of people aren't going to pay attention to that play. But that's what you call a high IQ smart quarterback. He realizes the coverage. He realizes the linebacker coming up, comes up, makes the play with his legs, with his arm. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from Derek Carr. I believe he was 21 of 27, 241 yards, not explosive, big, gaudy numbers. But if you watch the game, you see he moved the chains when he had to. We continue to see the emergence of Mac Hollins as a wide receiver and as a weapon in this offense. Of course, the big touchdown to start out. I know early on, you know, we knew that he'd be a force in the special teams unit. And we saw him in the preseason really start to earn a spot. And I think you and I said, you know, hey, by three, four, five games in, you'll have a better sense for who that third wide receiver is. Mac Hollins has locked that up. Doesn't mean the Raiders don't use other guys. We saw G DJ Turner have quite a bit of action yesterday, Sunday in the game as well. Uh, but talk about Mac Hollins. Why has he been able to emerge? Is this a little bit of the McDaniel system versus what he was playing in in Miami? It's a little bit of, I don't want to say the system, but him just being ready when his number is called and when Derek Carr targets him. I think Mac Hollins is doing what we thought Darren Waller would do. I saw mm. that cat, that first touchdown that Mac Hollins, that the Raiders had with Mac Collins. That's usually where Darren Waller would be, right? Right True. down the scene, right down the middle, catching that touchdown pass. Obviously, Darren Waller not playing. Matt Collins filled that role. So I think with Darren Waller being out, Matt Collins has kind of filled that pass catching where that the Raiders need as that third or or maybe second receiver behind 
uh, Devontae Adams. So kudos to, to Matt Collins for stepping up and not just being that quote-unquote third receiver, but just being a compliment to Adams and Renfro. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and, and he just continues to do what's asked of him. And, and that's what you have. I think, I think no one was really concerned even – yeah, you don't like to have Darren Waller on the sideline, but at the same time, you do have some depth on that offensive side of the ball. Nobody's been worried overall about the talent level, I think, on the offense, Sands, the offensive line. And so to see him emerge that way. We also saw Hunter Renfro get reacclimated and activated yesterday with some big catches. Uh, I always joke Hunter can't stay on his feet. He's got to catch the ball, fall into the ground, but it works for him. Uh, he even did it one way where he was able to get back up and run for several more yards. Um, Hunter Renfro, I think, after that head injury, I think people forget that with concussions, you know, it, it's really something that you can't always tell you're off a little bit, but I definitely saw last uh, game against the Chiefs that Hunter Renfro really wasn't himself. Uh, but this game, he seems to emerge. Of course, he held on to the ball, so he had no problems with the turnovers uh, on Sunday. But that's a good sign, too, that you see Hunter Renfro warming up with Derek Carr now. Yeah, he's also dealing with a hip injury, so that's another thing added on to the concussion. And as you said, it was just good to see him get get some catches get himself warm in that offense because they're going to really need him, especially if Darren Weller is not healthy for the remainder of the season. If he's in and out of the lineup, there was one catch that Renfro made that I was just in awe of. He kind of slid on his knees, caught yeah. the ball. And I think the linebacker, Christian Kirsty kind of backed off because he either thought Renfro was down or that he dropped the ball and kind of backed off. And Hunter Renfro gets up and gets more yards. Just exactly what you want to see from him. And it's glad to see him back in the fold. Yeah, he got up and got, I think, six and a half or seven more yards. So yep. huge, huge play. And that's why he's such a Awareness. smart guy. Awareness all over the field. Mo, a couple things, too. You know, for all of the negatives we've talked about and, and the way the fans have felt starting off one and four, and certainly that's disappointing. Uh, but the sense was you and I, in uh, during all three shows last week, we talked about hey, they're in a spot now where they can turn it around pretty quickly. Things seem to be going in a positive direction. Sands the injury and some of the defensive challenges that they have we'll talk about later. Uh, but you look at the Raiders here. I'm going to read this off to you. One of two teams in the AFC West with a positive point differential. I don't, you know, I, I didn't realize that, and I started looking through. So, so them and the Chiefs are the only two, and that makes sense if you look at what's happening with the Chargers and the Broncos. The four losses, of course, the Raiders combined 14 points. Of course, they had the big lead on Kansas City before surrendering it. So when you look at this team, you know, a lot of folks, remember, they wanted to fire everybody. They wanted to get rid of Carr. They wanted to get rid of Waller. They wanted to get rid of any, you know, the guy who, who brings out the Gatorade. They wanted to get rid of everybody. And we said last week, right, like, hey, they could turn this thing around. Yes, the percentage points of making the playoffs, the odds are tough, but you got to start with a baby step. And I said it today on Twitter earlier that, hey, every run starts with a couple steps, right? So you're going to start to run a race. You got to take your first two steps. The Raiders took a step here. I had somebody tell me, you're making it sound like they won a playoff game. When you're one and four, to get things positive and to play a complete football game is a huge step for this team. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a little confused. You started the show saying we were too negative on, month, on last I Monday. Know. I'm like, what, what do you expect after a loss? And, and I, I've said a million times on the show that I think the Raiders have enough to turn it around. I don't know if that whoever said that hasn't <clears> been listening <throat> to me, apparently. But to your point, uh, the, the positive point differential. Raiders have, we all know, the Raiders have lost close games and then they pull away from the Houston Texans. Who we, I think we were both on point with our prediction. Now, you predict, I believe, 31-20. 31-20. 
and I said 30-21. So we were about right before yeah. Ron Harmon got that pick six and blew the game <laughs> wide open. So that's it. We got. We kind of knew what to expect. I both teams coming off of a bye, they're going to be prepared for each other. So it right. was a competitive game early. A lot of people were pinging me on Twitter saying, "Oh, see, the Raiders playing down the competition." And I wanted to reply. <laughs> if I wasn't busy, I wanted to reply and say, "Look, you, both these teams are coming off of a bye. They had an extra week to prepare for each other. So you got to expect some competitiveness early. The Raiders missing one of their top weapons. I'm not making excuses, but." You got to expect that it was comp- competitive early, but I also said on the show last week that the Raiders have to win decisively, and they did that. Now, to your other yeah. point, I, I said this on Twitter that I don't want to hear that, oh, the Raiders just beat the Texans. It doesn't really mean much. You got football players will tell you this all the time. Coaches will tell you this. It's hard to win in the NFL. I don't. I know I don't play in the NFL, but I've played sports. And if you're, if you're playing against equal talent, this isn't college with Alabama against UT Tennessee or UT Martin. <laughs> this, this isn't, you know, this is the NFL where, for the most part, the talent, you're all on the same level. You're peers. No doubt. And let me ask you, and let me tell you this too, Mo. Uh, there's a guy named Thomas Brady. He plays for the Buccaneers. They lost to the dismantled Panthers, Carolina Hello. Panthers. Right. So it proves your point 100 percent, which is it doesn't matter when you line up on a Sunday. There's a reason why the term any given Sunday exists, because these are all pros. And even though a team is bad, it's full of professionals who are prideful men who want to win a ball game. Okay, so. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anybody who says just the Texans doesn't matter. You weren't saying that when when they beat teams that were bad before when things were going rolling along, you loved it, right? So so it's the same thing. But I mean, I look at this team and I like the trajectory it's on. Of course, they got to string them together. That's the, yeah. that's the key. All right, we're up against our first break. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Josh Jacobs. We're going to talk about what he's been able to do since uh, Coach McDaniels listened to Mo and I and started running him more, <laughs> um, and uh, what that means for him, the Raiders this season, and his future. A lot of people out there think you should pay the man today. We'll talk about if that's the case. You're listening to Silver and Black today at Odyssey Original Podcast. Mo Moten, Scott Branson, we'll be right back with you. <laughs> 